Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also at Facebook, Lakes, Woods, and Irons on Facebook. There's a drop-down uh, opportunity for you there where you can win a nice uh, gift card from Second Swing. So uh, be sure to do that. Just like the page, and you'll get the opportunity to win Second Swing gift cards. We're also available for you at Podcast One. Chris, uh, how's the week? You get a little break in the weather as we speak now, and uh, you put up with some rain, and now maybe get to go outside, huh? <laughs> oh boy, it's uh, it it just changes your whole disposition to be able to see the sun. It does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not only been rainy, but it boy, it's been cold. Yeah, it's kind of bone chilling. I that's the all yeah. the words I've been hearing. You know, I I really agree with that. It feels like colder than wintertime whatever that uh, dampness does it gets right inside you it feels like yeah no kidding you got the golf of palooza coming up uh, this weekend sunday tomorrow now as the show airs and a uh, uh, good opportunity for people to uh, get some young kids involved and maybe get some uh, real reasonably pl- uh, priced golf clubs yeah we've got um you know it's kind of a club swap like a like the traditional ski swap that people are, are familiar with so you can bring in your old equipment and and trade up or you know sell your old equipment get get new stuff at a uh, very reasonable price and uh, get the kids outfitted for the summer for with with golf clubs so and we've got uh, we've got some clinics going on and uh, information on all the area junior programs with uh, Grandview and Madden's and, and Crosswoods and and the legacy here so it, it'll be a nice Sunday and a lot of fun for the family yeah, great idea too. Good opportunity to get more people. We were, uh, I know the golf industry last year had the big boon, and we're we're hoping to continue that with uh, young people into the game. A couple Absolutely. of uh, big tournaments. The Zurich Classic was kind of fun to watch. It's that team play, very similar to Ryder Cup action, and uh, that was kind of fun to watch. A little a little different than the usual uh, Saturday Sunday fair on the PGA Tour. Uh, I had a good feeling about Mark Leishman and Cam Smith sometime all all weekend for some reason, and uh, um, they just uh, seemed to mesh pretty well together, kind of buddies and low-key, both of them a little bit, and uh, Cameron Putton and Leishman hitting a lot of other shots, and they ended up winning as uh, Louis Eustazen and Charles Swartzel are are good buddies, and they played well as well. I think that's probably... You know, it, when you play a team game with a good pal, you can kind of stay relaxed out there. Yeah, no, it, it, I I enjoy the format of that. It's it's something different, and uh, it, it was it was fun to watch. And um, I, I I rarely pick the right winner, but I had a good feeling about Leishman and and Cam Smith coming in, and both have been playing so well. And um, you know, Leishman, I think we're going to see a good year from him. He he swings it so well. He does. Um, he just it with his golf swing. You just don't see too many bad shots. So uh, if if he can get putting good, and he had a good partner in in Cam Smith for, with putting, so um, it was fun to watch. I, I enjoyed it. Leishman feels like a like a major champion in some time in his career, in my opinion. I think so. Uh, he's you know he, he's he's got all the tools that it takes to win a major, and it's just a matter of him peaking at the right time. And he certainly played well at Augusta, and he played well last last summer in the uh, uh, you know in the PGA Championship. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'd expect big things from him coming going forward. They're playing the alternate shot there at the end, and they had went into a playoff, and uh, 
the article I was reading said, you know, there's almost nobody more reliable than Louis Oosthuizen off the tee, and he hits one into the water on the first yeah. extra hole. <laughs> Charles probably thought, are you joking right now? <laughs> Just goes to show you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Los Angeles Open, we talked the uh, last couple of weeks about a lot of the marquee names on the women's tour have been finishing uh, up at the top, top five, a lot of them winning. And uh, Brooke Henderson returns to the winner's circle. She's, uh, you know, all of 22 or 23 years old, and she wins her 10th career tournament already and, and hasn't won in a couple of years. Yeah, it, it, uh, maybe it's the year of the comeback here, but uh, she, she played very well. Uh, she needs to get a major championship under her belt, uh, but she, uh, she definitely back in, uh, in good form following a you know last year she didn't play very well at all and i think some of that had to do with with covid and not being able to to travel like they typically do but um nice to see her back in the winner's circle and you're you're, you like we talked offline your favorite player mac yeah she is one of my favorites and uh she's uh her sister's on the bag which we talked about that earlier in the uh, this month as well about families uh working together i think you're probably right about covid because they couldn't really go home. Canada's got some no, pretty, exactly. strict, uh, pretty strict travel uh, restrictions, and uh, the, the Hendersons pretty much had to stay on tour or risk uh, not being able to be on tour. Exactly. I'll tell you, what the, the other thing I liked about that tournament is you know playing Wilshire Country Club, which is a fantastic venue, and um, the men aren't going to play there because it, it's, you know, it's an old classic golf course that, that's gotten too short for the men's tour. And it's really cool to be able to see that golf course on TV uh, with the women playing. And I, I, I hope there's a trend. It seems to be that the ladies tour is going to some more of these old classic venues and um, yeah, great, great golf course. You know, if you, if you take that golf course within about two miles, you've got four or five of the, the best golf courses in the country and all in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. So, uh, Within a mile of there, you've got Riviera Country Club. You've got uh, LACC or Los Angeles Country Club where the U.S. Open is going to be next year. You've got Riviera where the L.A. Open is on the men's tour every year. And then you've got Bel Air. And they're yeah. all within a, a couple miles. You know, five of the top golf courses in the whole country are right there and right in downtown L.A. Wow, wow. All right, we've got Greg Gamble from Emily Greens. Greg will be joining us, and so will Peter Sanders from Shot by Shot. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. The fan, Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Also want to remind you about Lakes, Woods, and Irons' Facebook page. Your chance to win there as well. Just like the page, and you'll get a little chance to win some second swing swag. And we're also available at Podcast One. Have Greg Gamble with us from Emily Greens. Greg, pleasure to have you back, and pleasure to have the golf season back. Why well, isn't that the case? Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you, and uh, we want to talk about your golf course, of course, and just uh, baseball, golf, spring is here. We're actually having a couple of warm days this week, <laughs> and it's uh, we want to go golf. And tell us a little bit about how things are going and how the course fared uh, the winter pretty well, Greg. Uh, it did. It did. We had uh, plenty of snowfall this winter, and uh, it came through good. We do just still need a little bit of warm weather, which is finally coming, and that'll really, really kick things in gear. 
Absolutely, yeah, green things up a little bit. We had, the, uh, of course, last year an odd year with uh, COVID, but uh, we had a great uh, a great issue, best of the lakes issue, and uh, you guys came out awfully well on that uh, brand of dispatch, uh, uh, best of the lakes uh, golf courses, Greg. Yeah, you know, the Brainerd Dispatch has sponsored that contest, and they, they uh, have a whole bunch of categories, you know, best pizza, best uh, bowling alley, uh, best Italian restaurant, those kinds of things. Yeah. And for the best golf course, uh, we were voted number one in the Brainerd Lakes area both in 2018 and 2019, which was pretty fun, pretty fun for an affordable family-owned course to to uh to get recognized like that absolutely yeah let's talk about affordable greg it definitely is and uh you hear nothing but good things when you talk to guys who play a, a fair amount there and uh tell us about uh tell us about the spring specials you've got yeah we we offer an unlimited spring special that goes from uh the time we open uh, and we usually are one of the first courses to open in the area and it goes all the way through uh, June 15th. And for one low price, which starts at $99, uh, you can play uh, as much golf as, as, you, as you can get in, as your schedule allows. Nice deal. You can turn that into a, the more you play, the better deal you get. <laughs> exactly. And the kicker on that, too, is we would apply those fees for that spring pass to any 2021 full pass. So... Uh, the point is we want to get people out playing and, and into the game early in the season. And if they're enjoying it, uh, it should be a no-brainer to, to extend it for the rest of the season and have a full 2021 of golf. Very That's affordable. quite a deal. Yeah. Greg, for people who haven't, haven't been to Emily Greens, give us a little overview of the golf course. I know you have uh, one of the biggest greens in the state. Uh, we do. We do. We got uh, the 17th hole features the largest single green in the state. Um, it is uh, almost a half an acre in size, and you can have a 130-foot putt on that hole. I'm assuming, Greg, you've had a one putt there. What's the most putts you've ever had on 17? <laughs> well, you know, there's been plenty of four putts. Um, you know, on, on television, you see guys uh, lining up these monster 70-foot putts um, and they, they put them on television and it seems like it takes takes forever for the ball to get there well just you can almost double that on some of the putts that we that we see out here sure yeah Full Greg, how long does it take you to mow that green <laughs> well it uh, it takes about 20 minutes to mow the green uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know it's it presents some challenges along those lines. Um, but, again, it's, a, it's a, a person who built the course. You know, it's a good talking point, and it creates good memories. And that's what we think golf is all about. It's creating good memories and, and having, a, having fun out on the course. Absolutely. How about another no sig- signature hole or two, Greg? Our 11th hole is one of the prettiest par threes in the Lakes area. Uh, it goes from an elevated green or excuse me an elevated tee to an elevated green with some wetlands down below and it's just a a picturesque hole and and if you end up short you're gonna you're gonna roll back down the hill and be be facing a a fun blind chip 
straight up the hill. <laughs> um, real pretty hole. Again, another one of those holes that uh, that sticks in people's minds and, and creates some good memories and some good good uh, stories uh, back at the clubhouse or or when you're sitting around rehashing the round. Then uh, we want to talk about your PGA professional a little bit, uh, Greg. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but you've had a PGA professional there for a number of years, and golf lessons available. Always, never a time when you don't want to get better at this great game, right? Isn't that the truth? Uh, and Chris can probably attest to this, but uh, Dan Loken is uh, has been up here about ten years, and he's been a PGA member for over thirty-five years, and uh, does a great job with lessons. And uh, so many people are afraid to take lessons, or there's so many barriers to taking lessons. And our whole key up here is we keep it simple, and we help people have fun. And, and you have a little more fun if you have, know a little bit more about the game and about the swing and, and can have a little more success. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. There's no question about that. The, the better you, the, you play, the more you want to play, and it just leads to more fun. You know, and Chris, Chris might uh, be able to attest to this, but Dan says the biggest feedback he gets from people is saying, boy, I should have taken these lessons years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know. I said Chris has taught me a time or two. I said the same thing, uh, Greg. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, you know. And so many people are intimidated and afraid to take a lesson or, or think a lesson, oh, it's not going to help me. But... You know, uh, Dan's a real energetic guy, keeps it simple, and and uh, keeps it enjoyable and, and, and takes that intimidation factor away from it. Uh, and, and that just, again, gives you a little more understanding of the game and, and helps you have a little more success in various aspects. And, and that, that just adds to the, to the enjoyment level. You get the professional eye on your swing, and it's amazing. I mean, that's what, that's what these... Uh... Uh, gentlemen and ladies do for a living so they watch golf swings for years and years and years and it might be a relatively simple fix it's not going to necessarily turn you into a single handicapper but uh, help you hit uh, more good shots pretty quickly is uh, very common with uh, when you get in front of a PGA professional the other thing that we uh, like to do too is is Dan has packages where you can take lessons with a friend or or you know, sometimes they'll give lessons to a father and a son or, or, or husband and wife, and you do it together, then you both hear the things that each other are working at. And, and you can be out on the course and say, oh, yeah, remember what Dan said about this. Sure. And uh, kind of supports, supports the, the, uh, the uh, insight that you've gotten uh, from the lessons. We want to let people know, Greg, how to... Uh how to sign up for memberships and maybe get in on that spring special and uh, test out the golf course and who knows, play there all year long. One of the important things when we're talking in the Brainerd Lakes area is a lot of people don't know where Emily is. And, you know, uh, I just always reference people that we're about 20 miles from the gates of Breezy Point because we are, we are on the edge of the Brainerd Lakes area. But, you know, 20 miles from Breezy Point, we're just eight miles from Cross Lake. And uh, so it's an easy jaunt, and um, we have uh, a full practice facility. The driving range is full length and, and chipping and putting green, uh, and then offer some of the best rates 
available in the area for your golf. For our listeners outside of the Brainerd Lakes area, you you have some stay-and-play packages, I understand, as well? Uh, We do have some stay-and-play packages with uh, the uh, hotels in Cross Lake, uh, which, uh, um, again, are just uh, about eight miles away. And uh, that is another great way to have a fun and affordable a lot of times it's best to schedule midweek uh, play and stay packages because those hotels fill up on weekends. Let's get the phone number, Greg, and uh, let's get some people headed up toward Emily Greens and play the world's largest green, number 17, at the, <laughs> the Emily world, Greens. The universe's largest green. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the uh, yeah, our phone number is 218-763-2169. Uh, you can also go to our website at emilygreens.com uh, for more information on the course and, and any of our uh, upcoming events. Fantastic, Greg. Sure appreciate you taking the time and uh, uh, get up there and try to play up there this year. That would be wonderful. And uh, that'd be that'd be great. And uh, you know, our motto up here, and we live by this, is that it's all about fun on the golf course. That's what we do, and that's what we, uh, everybody who works and uh, works up here um, just supports you having a good time out on the course. We're playing a game. We should be having a good time. That's very true. That's right. I want to remind everybody <laughs> to put uh, Emily Greens on your golf calendar for this year, and uh, that's Greg Gamble. Greg, thanks for taking the time. Gentlemen, here's, here's to having a great summer. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons and uh, enter a contest uh, there this week for some second swing gift cards. So opportunity for you there at Lakes, Woods, and Irons Facebook page and also at Podcast One. Chris, special guest. We've had him on before, one of the uh, real thinkers in the golf world. I'll let you handle the uh, introduction. Yeah, I want to welcome my good friend Peter Sanders to the show. Peter is the founder of Shot by Shot, which is a game analysis software program. And um, I always enjoy having him on because I'm always very data driven. And, and if you want to get better at golf, it's uh, you, you got to pay attention to your stats and, and go after those things that you're not doing well. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thanks, Chris. Always a pleasure. Peter, I wanted to have you on. In the last couple of months, you've written a couple blog posts uh about a blueprint for breaking 80 and a blueprint for breaking 90 and um t- tell us a little about those and you know i i guess also, i i, I always a, a breaking 100 yes um, but, but and they're all on my on my blog now it's uh shot by shot dot blog but um yeah as i as i told you uh, the i wrote them backwards because I started with breaking 80 because it was my goal when I started playing the game seriously. And uh, what it is is I, I learned really early on that the game is, is a mixture of good shots, some, some great shots, and average shots, and then the bad shots, the bad outcomes, the errors. And... and what I learned very early on it is the relative frequency and severity of these bad shots or bad outcomes that 
by far more uh, sets of players scoring level than do all the good and great and average shots. So what we all need to be focusing on is, you know, hit as many good shots as we can and average shots, but limit the best we can the, uh, the bad ones and the bad outcomes. So my breaking uh, 80, 90, and 100 really look at the averages from, from our large database of what that looks like for the average, the, the average male, what the combination of those good outcomes and bad outcomes uh, look like. What if people were to keep those things, like you know, how many fairways versus driving errors, how many greens and regulation versus approach shot errors, and those those sorts of things, they'll find out which one of them or which ones of them earmark their game as better than than the averages or worse, or as I would say, or they could just use shotbyshot.com uh, and get an accurate uh, assessment of their game and, and see a target handicap. But uh, So that's how it, it all came about. And the funny thing, I had done 80 because that was what I wanted to do. Then a, an instructor friend said, gee, I have more people that are trying to break 90 can you do that uh, and I said yes yeah, sure and then my son has 11 friends with whom he played high school football and they all went on to play in college and they're all out working now um, and he gets them together and they do two golf trips a year and he said dad my friends are reading your blog and they they can't break a hundred can you <laughs> can you do a breaking a hundred for them so I said sure I will that's how I did that one. It's nice that you know, it stretches, Peter, across. The statistical part of it is, is fun because you, you probably would think, well, of course, Dustin, uh, Dustin Johnson wants to know how good he is. So, But also the guy shooting 80, the guy shooting 90, the guy shooting 100 can all use the same kind of data. Yes, yes, very much so. And the, other, the interesting thing about shot by shot, not to, not to pat myself on the back too much, but... Entering the data, we've so simplified it that the person who's shooting even par is is pretty much making the same number of keystrokes to enter his round as the person who's shooting 90. Yeah, it really doesn't take you too long to enter that data once you once you have a feel for it. P- Peter, um, when I teach a lot of juniors. And one of the things that I find with juniors is that they think they have to play perfectly to shoot really good rounds of golf. And so their perception controls their, their emotions on the golf course. And, and when they do make a double bogey or a triple, you know, they, they, uh, so many of them throw their round out and the round is over because they've, they've made you know, this high number. But in reality, golf at every level is is about avoiding errors, and uh, you know whether it's bogey avoidance or double bogey avoidance or triple bogey avoidance, depending on what level you're at. And so, really, it, if you read your articles, it's really about avoiding the errors more so than it is hitting great golf shots. Would that be correct? Absolutely true. But I also wanted people to know that you can get away with errors. Hopefully, they're the less severe ones as I 
as I say in here, you know, if you hit eight for breaking 80, you hit eight fairways, and you can have one one error. Uh, hopefully, it's the less severe, uh, the no shot, where you've just hit it in a place where you need an advancement. And you know, in that in that instance, if you end up making a bogey on a par four, you've mitigated that pretty nicely, and it shouldn't ruin your round. Right. So if we take, you know, probably the average golfer is, is, you know, between an 85 and a 95 shooter. So if we, if we look at, at breaking 90, um, you know, in we, the, the different areas of the game, we've got, you've got driving, you've got approach play, uh, you've got short game. So chipping, pitching, um, sand, greenside sand shots, and then you've got putting. So can you tell us in, in each of those areas kind of the things you have to do to be that, you know, 80 shooter compared to your 90 shooter? Yeah, the, the breaking 90 is, is you know, you've got to hit fairways. Fairways are important, but more, almost more important than the fairways is the less errors. And, and so the, break, the breaking 90, you can have two driving errors hopefully they're the less severe and um, one uh, one approach error which is maybe uh, a second in other words you've hit a approach shot so poorly that you have another approach shot that I would consider that an error and or if you've hit in the water that's an error um, and so you, you go through these articles and each each of the facets of the game, you have to do a bunch of good things and limit the bad. So, for instance, if, if I wanted to break 90, how, how many greens in regulation would, on average, that I need to hit? Five. Which isn't a, a whole lot, is it? I mean, no, if you, it's really If not. you drive it reasonably well. Drive it reasonably well. Keep the ball in play. Um, five, five greens in regulation. It's easy for us to say. Yes. Five greens in regulation uh, shouldn't be too hard. Right. How, how, I've even done how that. Many, <laughs> how many people do you feel aren't playing the right set of tees, Peter? Oh, a lot. Um, I see a lot of that when I go through the you know my instructors like you who who call me and say gosh could you look at johnny's latest tournament that he played in or rounds and and uh and i'll see one of the first things i look at is the array of approach opportunities by distance and if players are playing the appropriate set of tees or the appropriate distance course for their game the 150 to 174 yard range should be the majority or the largest number of, of attempts. If I see that that's, that the largest number of attempts is in the is in the 175 to to 199, um, they need to move up a, a set of tees. And uh, a lot of people don't want to hear that. <laughs> But it makes the game more enjoyable, and uh, and if you're if if you're a, an average golfer and your average approach shot is outside 175 yards, you're not going to hit five greens. 
know. Right. Yeah. Even on even on the PJ Tour at you know, 175 to 200 yards, the the average distance from the hole that is something like 40. And so if you're at 40 feet, you're on the right or left edge if you're aiming at the center of the green. So that's the best players in the world. So, you know, the average player can't expect the inside of that. So they need to hit their approach shot or their, they need to drive it within a distance where they have a chance to get their approach shot on the green. The tour players are really not hitting, um, they're hitting the majority of their targets from 175 to, you know, 199. But, by no means all of them. So right. you've got the average proximity. Uh, if that's the tour average proximity, it includes misses, but only only misses within 30 yards of the edge of the green. So I, I think you and I have talked about that. So I'm a I'm a big non fan of the tours proximity to the whole stat for that reason. Sure. In, yeah. in shot by shot, our proximities are only when the green is hit. So you combine percentage of greens hit, which is good, and then what is your average proximity? Uh, talk about short game a little bit and what, what you need to do in, the, in your short game, chipping and pitching to, to shoot those numbers. Well, it's, it's uh, nothing spectacular. It's get the ball on the green, don't make mistakes. Um, you're, you can make a mistake with one out of every three chipping and pitch opportunities because if you're only hitting five greens, you're going to have uh, 10, 11 chip pitch shots. And uh, so, you know, if you can make one or two mistakes that aren't too serious, uh, it's, it's not how close. And then just save 10% of your shots. Um, and then the and then sand. Typically, uh, players, average players, have one sand shot around, but that depends on the course. The the course that I joined, I, I was having eight sand shots around. Um, <laughs> but but uh, you know, again, it's it's get the ball on the green, and then try. Once you're comfortable getting the ball on the green. Um, then, then you can start to think about hitting it close. So, Peter, when you describe an error in the short game, a chip shot or pitch shot, is that simply a shot that doesn't finish on the green? Well, it, it can be. Um, I've, I've actually revised my feeling of what a, and definition of what I consider a true short game error, and that is that the shot has missed the green, and it takes you more uh, more than three shots to hole out. So if you miss the green and then get that one up and down, then that's the same as hitting the green and two-putting. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's miss the green and take four or more shots to hole out. Then that's an error. So simply, if, if it, within 30 yards, if you could get every shot on the green, you're way ahead of the game. Uh, absolutely. And how many people practice from 30 yards, Chris? We've talked about that a lot. <laughs> Oof. That, that short game area doesn't have many divots in it. <laughs> yeah, well, 
and you're lucky. People are lucky if they have a short game area. I think it's only in the last maybe, I don't know what, ten years that that clubs and courses have started um, creating short game practice areas. Um, yeah, there's when, a lot of when truth. When I joined my nice club, they had a green and a and with sand traps around it, but it was way away from the in the clubhouse in a corner of the property. And I was the only person that ever went there. One of my favorite spots at, in St. Andrews is between the, the old course and the Jubilee. They have this great short game area. It's it's a mile walk from the clubhouse. But if you go out there, you can spend the afternoon. And you never see anybody there. But it's one of the greatest spots in St. Andrews. My course, though, I guess 10, 15 years ago, they built this gorgeous short game area with all all sorts of different sand traps and chipping areas and, and all that right in front of the clubhouse between the clubhouse and the and the range where everybody goes and I was so mad because now everybody's <laughs> practicing their short game and I was the only one that ever practiced <laughs> you you lost your advantage Peter <laughs> yeah people used to say gosh your short game's good how do you do that and I go oh it's natural <laughs> <laughs> So, so Peter, this time of year, we're just getting going in golf in Minnesota. How, how do you prescribe or suggest people to practice to get uh, get their game sharp for the season? Ooh, um, that so much depends on the facilities that they have. And, and, you know, if you're just getting started playing, then it's probably also been too cold to be out practicing. Um I I do, uh, and something that has, has helped me a lot is I have a, a putting rug that I roll out in, in front of my TV. And so while I'm watching golf on TV, I'm practicing putting and, and making sure that I have a routine and a setup and all that for those five, six, seven-foot putts. And it's real, it's, you know... The only thing that I can still do well is putting, but but that <laughs> that's an easy thing to do. And you know, the, this, this practice rug and my my wife likes it because after the weekend's over, I roll it up, I put it back in the in the box, and it's not there. So it's only there when I'm you know basically it's only there on weekends, and <laughs> um, and it wasn't even expensive. Well, Peter, t- tell clean, tell us a little bit shot by shot where people find find your blog posts and those type of things yeah the blog is it's my new blog but i've i've tried to be more serious about it uh it's shot by shot dot blog and that's and that takes takes you right to it and you can people can scroll through and see all the the articles that i've that i've post, posted there but the uh, analysis program is shotbyshot.com, and there's a free trial for everyone that you know that wants one. And I've, over the last few years, 74% of the people that elect that sign up for the free trial purchase the program because they 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 get a chance to see what is the work involved in in entering the data. And then what do I get for that? And, and uh, you know, compared to the other plethora of programs that are out there now, um, 
we have the perspective of a huge database of our type of data so people can see not only what is their strokes gained by FACET, but what does that mean? What is the relative, you know, strokes gained is an abstract. Tell somebody, oh, you got negative 2.8 strokes gained. Well, what does that mean? Oh, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a 16 handicap. Oh, um, in driving or in, in approach or, or whatever. You've got the comparative data that people select a target uh, handicap level, and then they their game gets compared to that target and every facet, and we're able to isolate number one improvement priorities that are real based on the strokes gain in each facet. So I, I highly recommend try the free trial, shotbyshot.com, and uh, if you have any questions, my email's on there, and I return all my emails. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter, you're putting some great stuff out on your Instagram feed as well. Oh, thanks. You know, my son, uh, you know, who's got a big job himself, uh, is helping me with that because he's so facile at it, and I, I'm terrible. So I'm the I'm the talent. He's the <laughs> he's the director of Instagram, along with my my daughter who lives with us now so i'm lucky i've got i've got two young uh, talented people that uh, push me and they you know they they execute stuff on there yeah. and is that also shot by shot on instagram yeah it's shot by shot golf okay well peter we always appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and getting us off to a good start of the golf season Peter, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Colin. Peter Sanders, one of our golf gurus. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. And we're on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Invite you to like the Facebook page. Go to Facebook, find Lakes, Woods, and Irons, like the page, and you'll have a chance to win some nice golf swag from Second Swing, some gift cards that we will continue to give away. So, Keep signing up and uh, try to try to win your fair share of golf swag. We want to thank our guest, Chris uh, Greg Gamble from Emily Greens. Uh, good, affordable golf in the Lakes area. And uh, Peter Sanders, our good pal from Shot by Shot. Uh, I was thinking kind of watching some of the analytics that's on the Golf Channel. And uh, Peter was really cutting edge in the whole analytics thing, wasn't he, Chris? I mean, he was one of the very first guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's been at it for, gosh, over 20 years now. And uh, when he came out with this stuff, he was really the one of the first kind of uh, online stats programs that, that, you know, just a everyday golfer could could uh, utilize where you didn't have to be a tour player to do it. It's great stuff. And, you know, if, if you want to get – we've talked about it a lot of times, but if you, if you want to get better – uh, you have to have a game plan, and, and in order to have a game plan, you better know what your strengths and weaknesses are of your game. And so many times, as you as you as somebody looks at their game, they they really don't consider the big picture or look at the right things. And um, something either using shot by shot or a program like that really allows you to to analyze your game in the correct way. It's nice to have those tools out there, Chris. I know you. Uh are such a student of the game and such a student of these different tools, you 
you have uh, a lot of uh, tricks in your bag there when you're when you're giving lessons, things you think really work well for people, and uh, uh, well, I guess kind of your favorite tools as you teach the game. Yeah, you know, I and you know, kind of along that line, so we, we we use shot by shot with a lot of our students, and especially our our junior golfers who are competitive players. But you know, along that that line, I, in watching a little bit of high school golf over the past couple of weeks, um, and seeing you know the strengths and weaknesses of these kids, and I I I think this holds true for everybody. It, you know, when when you're on your on the golf course, you really have to you know, let's say your 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 stock seven iron goes 150 yards. Well, that that stock seven iron isn't going to go 150 if you're downhill or downwind. It's going to go farther than that. Or if you're uphill and into the wind, it's not going to go farther than that. And you really have to, especially like this time of year, pay attention to the temperature as well. Yeah. Because, you know, when we're playing in weather that's 50 degrees compared to 70 degrees, the ball is going to go much shorter. And it's about, you know, for every 10 degrees below 70, uh, the ball goes about 3% shorter because of the, the density there. So you have to consider all those things. And uh, like we were talking about with Peter, the number of greens you hit, um, so many times we, we hit a solid golf shot, but it may come up short of the green. And mo- most people, when they miss a green, they, they miss short if you, if you track it and so some of that can just be, you know, not paying close enough attention to whether you were, you know, hitting uphill or hitting into the wind or taking into account that temperature. So you really have to, your your pre-shot routine has to consider all those variables and, and, uh, and figure out what club am I going to hit and where am I going to hit the golf ball to or try to hit the golf ball to. Yeah, so many times I think over the years golf fans have seen uh... – Young lions or young guys who come out who are quite good players and say they're from San Diego or Texas or Florida, and uh, they burn up the tour when when it's going through California and they're close to the top or maybe they win once or twice. You got Johnny Miller kind of comes to mind in the back in his sure. early days, and then uh, maybe they get in the cold and the wind of the Northeast or uh, they travel to the British Open where things are different or the Masters where uh, heavy air happens from time to time. It's uh, it's a game you got to learn as you go, isn't it? Yeah, no question. And that's one of the amazing one of the things that amazes me all the time about tour players is how they putt so well week to week to week, and they're playing the the speeds of the greens are somewhat consistent, but they're playing on different type of grasses, and how quickly they can adapt and change and, and get a feel for different greens as they travel around the country, but just different conditions and grasses. And you're always going to probably have an advantage when you, on the type of golf course or place in the country that you grew up. But uh, these guys tend to play well every single week. And even though they have ups and downs, it's, uh, it's, it's quite impressive. We were talking about the analytics and if, when you want to get better um, as a, as a pro, you've just used me as an example, probably gave my first lesson when I was, uh, in my 50s still. I'm no longer in my 50s. And uh, <laughs> when you start to see, I mean, you've got young kids, high school kids, college kids, people who are getting better. Are there, do you notice age cutoffs, Chris, a little bit? Is the is the 40-year-old not as good as he was when he was 30? I, I would guess the answer is no to that question. You know, it, it depends. There's so many factors involved. Yeah. 
but you you know there's no reason you can't be better at 50 than you were at 30 or you know better at 65 than you were at 50 if if you maintain your health uh if you maintain your your you know strength and flexibility and practice on the right things the beauty of this game is you can always get better and you know i, I think last year uh, earlier in the season i told a story about it given a a lady who was 94 years old a lesson and uh she came to me and and still she played three or four days a week and and still loved the game and she said you know she's 94 and she said i'm, I'm losing distance <laughs> and she said, I, I need to hit it farther. So, you know, that, that's, that's the beauty of golf is that uh, you can always get better. There's always hope. And uh, the pursuit of getting better is part of, the, part of the fun of the game, I think. We talked a little bit off air, Chris. You do have some uh, adult lessons coming up. Uh, in uh, Some have just started, but there's also a few classes down the road, correct? Yeah, we've just started a lot of our, our spring or spring and summer adult group instruction programs uh, this week. And uh, well, you, you know, most of those classes are full. We've got a second series of those starting uh, here at the end of May. So still time to time to take advantage of those and always can can get in for individual instruction as well. Info there at uh, Chris Foley Golf. Yes, sir. Thank you, Chris. Another great show. Thank you, Mac. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.